is the man that you fear most in football staring you right in the face. Switch to Walter, looking for the record, cuts back, he's got it! Historians may debate whether Chicago's defense was the best unit ever to play the game. Go Bears! Welcome to the ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2, and ESPN 1000. Here are your hosts, Black and Abdallah. Welcome in to the Points Bet pregame show live from the Points Bet Sportsbook in Crestwood. It's Black and Abdallah with you here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We are here till 7 o'clock, Abdallah previewing the Chicago Bears on the road at the Green Bay Packers live from Lambeau Field. That game will kick off at 7.20 tonight. The game's on NBC. And uh, we, we know heading into this contest, it's, it's the oldest rivalry in the National Football League. Tonight will be the 204th meeting between the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. The Packers lead the series 102 to 95, and there's been six ties, but as of late, the Packers have dominated this series. They are once again one of the better teams in all the National Football League, Abdallah. But we have Justin Fields, and he's going to start today. So it's something to look forward to. I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm just saying it's something to get excited about. Yeah, that's definitely something to get excited about, that Justin Fields is back, and he gets to go play in his first game at Lambeau Field against the Packers and give the Bears a chance to win. A slim chance, but still a chance nevertheless. As uh, you know, the, the talk this week back to the I own you comments of Aaron Rodgers, and it seems like you know he's just getting that pen ready to sign another year-long lease of owning the this team once again and it it, it's upsetting for Bears fan that it's come to this like this is what you're looking forward to the season's essentially over I did see it uh, and in the hunt graphic earlier that had the Bears included so just hey listen how about that there's a chance they're still in the hunt but for all intents and purposes this season for them as far as the playoffs are concerned is over but there is stuff to look forward to because you're looking at the development of Justin Fields. You're looking at him coming back from a rib injury. How does he perform? Does he look any better after a week of sitting and watching you know, a, a game again? And will he be able to beat the Packers? Because ultimately, that's what you root for. You root for your team to win, and you root for this Bears team to beat the Packers, and that's what we're hoping for today. Absolutely. It's Black and Abdallah talking football with you here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. You can join the conversation at 312-332-3776. You can also watch us today live from the PointsBet Sportsbook in Crestwood on Twitch. The channel is ESPN 1000 Chicago. So we're going to dive into Bears and Packers over the next two hours here on the show. Uh, Adam, but I do want to, every 30 minutes, we'll update the live scores going on around the National Football League Mm -hmm. uh, because it it is a great uh, day of football, and also we're in a sports book, and we're watching games, and we're watching Tom Brady just completely demolish the Buffalo Bills right now. So some of the current scores right now at halftime, but the Buccaneers are up 24-3 to on Buffalo. Now, I took Buffalo on Friday. You did. I, I thought the Bills had a shot to, to kind of show something after the poor performance against the Patriots. You did. Uh, from earlier last week, but no, the Buccaneers all over the Bills so far, 24-3 to at halftime. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, a lot of people thought, oh, well, the, the Bills coming in, maybe they're, they learned something from 
that game against the, uh, the the Patriots where you look at it and you say, hey, maybe they're not as down as they are. Maybe they can get to the Bucks. But no, Tom Brady knows this team, whether he's with the Bucks or whether he's with the Patriots. It doesn't really matter. He beats them. He owns the Bills. There you go. He owns the Bills. And so that's what he's been showing right now as the Bills can only muster three points. Another score at halftime right now, the 49ers leading the Bengals 17-6. to And, you know, they've been playing really well. A lot of people uh, like them to beat the Bengals this week as well. And this game started off as, as the 49ers were a two-point dog and a sure. ton of money came in. And this game ended with the 49ers, I believe, a two-and-a-half-point favorite all the way up to that. And so they're you know, showing that the public is right right now with the 49ers beating the Bengals 17-6. to In that game, uh, Debo Samuel has another rushing touchdown for the 49ers. So 17-6 at halftime. The Chargers are up big on the Giants uh, early third quarter. Eight minutes left to go there. Chargers 27, Giants 7. Uh, the Broncos are up big on the Lions, 31-10, to with six minutes left in the third quarter of that contest. And those are the four games mm-hmm. going on right now. Earlier today, the Browns beat the Ravens by two, 24-22. The Titans beat the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars 20-0. Urban Meyer, uh, he is certainly going to be on the hot seat going forward uh, after the story that came out yesterday and then also getting shut out today against Tennessee. The Chiefs beat the Raiders. 48-9 to earlier today, just a complete blowout in that one. It was 35 nothing at one point in the first half. The Saints blow out the Jets, 30-9. to The Cowboys beat the football team, the Washington football team, 27-20 to earlier today. The Falcons over the Panthers, 29-21. to And the Seahawks beat the Texans, 33-13. to Anything else catch your eye from the NFL action from earlier today? I was mostly watching that Cowboys-Washington game, and, you know, it was it – was a lot. It was very lopsided in the beginning. Going into halftime, it was 24 to nothing Cowboys, and you thought that that was it. But Washington comes back, scores eight in the third, 12 in the uh, in the fourth quarter, and they make it a game. And they had an opportunity to try to win that game, but. You know, the Cowboys' defense really clamped down late in the fourth when they needed to. Dak had some really bad interceptions in that game, uh, but their defense stepped up at the end of the game and gave the Cowboys the win. The other thing that I wanted to point out is Lamar Jackson for the Ravens yeah. leaves the game in the second quarter with an, uh, hurting his ankle, and there's no timetable or anything like that. They're doing x-rays and MRIs and all that kind of stuff, but that's something to keep an eye on for their playoff future. They're 8-5 and five right now. You know, it definitely... Uh, a team that's looking to make the playoffs and, and move on and try to go to a Super Bowl. But the the Browns find a way to just, even without Lamar, with Lamar Jackson beginning in that game, they couldn't get anything. The Ravens couldn't move the ball at all. And Baker Mayfield, you know, playing with a hurt everything. Like his whole body was basically in some weird, like, cast thing. Did you see the thing on his shoulder? Dude, I, I that don't he had, see. I don't he had, see. like, this weird, like, arm, yeah. like, thing on I, I don't see how cleveland uh, going forward how you could sign baker to a long extension you have to it, but what do you mean you have to you he, have he's to. not even that good but what else do you see that's that's the thing with quarterbacks in the in the nfl well right you get into there's a situation not even, where you either have to sign them or you have to move on to someone else there's you have 32 to jobs and there's not even 32 good quarterbacks no, in the I know. there's like 10 good quarterbacks well, that's but that, it. that's how you get into the situations where teams pay guys like kirk cousins and then yeah. you have a kirk cousins situation in Minnesota so what are the browns supposed to enough? do they're not in a position to draft a quarterback this year they're probably not going to be in a position to draft a quarterback next year where it's a better class than this year i think that's a team that gets aggressive over one of these quarterbacks that becomes available in this I don't know, man. I think they really like Baker Mayfield, and I think they just suck it up and pay him. All right, so we will uh, keep our eyes on the NFL scores every 30 minutes with Black and Abdallah here on the Points Bet pregame show. We're talking Bears and Packers with you here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. So the Bears travel 
to Lambeau Field tonight. Uh, news from yesterday regarding health for the Chicago Bears. Akeem Hicks was downgraded yesterday to being out for tonight's game, uh, which is strange because on Friday he met the media and he was trending in the right direction to play in tonight's game. So Akeem Hicks will not be there, and I think it's important to bring up because part of the success for the Chicago Bears to be able to do anything tonight will be on the idea of them being able to stop the run and getting pressure after Aaron Rodgers with the front four. Yeah, absolutely, and you know he was really reflective because this is probably going to be his last year in a Bears uniform. Um, you know there were trade requests earlier uh, this season, you know, and they said go out and try to find one if you can. He couldn't, so he ended up sticking, and then they were maybe trying to rework his deal and giving him extension and move some money around, and that never came to fruition. So it looks like this is going to be Akeem Hicks's last year with the Bears and a player that you really rely on as this defense to be, you know, when they were the number one defense, like he was a stud, and then they moved down to number five, and he was a stud, and then they moved down to like mid-level, and he was still, he's always been very effective when he's healthy. The problem is this season, he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And you look at a team that's without Khalil Mack for the rest of the season, you look at a team that's without Akeem Hicks, that that front four now, that that defense that that's going to have to go after Aaron Rodgers just isn't the same. It's going to mean that Roquan Smith has to step up. It's going to mean that Robert Quinn has to step up. All these guys, like Eddie Goldman pl- missed a few p- games early in the season. Sure. He's been playing well, but you want every weapon you have at your availability when you're playing a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. And if they can't get to him, then it, it's going to be a long day for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, when you look at the offensive side, we talk mainly, uh, you know, we talk a lot about the offense because of the, the quarterback that we want to see development from. But, like, really, when, when you look at the slippage for this season for Matt Nagy's team, the offense sucks. Right, like that's something that we're all aware of. Yeah, but also the defense hasn't been good this year, and well, and you can point to injuries, yeah. but a good football team has depth on it, and a good football team does not just completely give up when you have injuries to star players like Khalil Mack, like Akeem Hicks, like others. I mean, it, there just doesn't seem to be enough depth. Which we all kind of the final score of all these games, we point to Matt Nagy and we mm-hmm. place blame there. But the blame also has to go to Ryan Pace. He hasn't built a good enough team to be uh, to get through a schedule, a 17 game week schedule, where his defense has the depth to show up each and every every week. No, I, I think it is a Ryan Pace issue. But again, you can't like this isn't on. Like, we go after Matt Nagy for the offense going bad. I don't think you can go after Sean Desai for the defense not performing well because he's got, he hasn't, doesn't have his guys available. He doesn't have Khalil Mack. He doesn't have Akeem Hicks. There was games without Roquan Smith. There were games without Eddie Goldman. There were games without Eddie Jackson. I know everybody doesn't like Eddie Jackson. Everybody hates Eddie Jackson. He's awful. He doesn't tackle. But his well, replacement is Tease Tabor. You, you push that to the side like like we shouldn't think that. Okay, I he's let he's I watch. He's, he doesn't tackle. He's had career high tackles the last two years. What do you mean he doesn't tackle? Just because you're the last guy to the pile doesn't mean anything. No, I'm just saying. Getting, like, getting those half tackles. He's getting I'm, his hand in listen, that, on pe- that. Okay, people don't like Eddie Jackson, but I'm telling. <laughs> But I'm telling you, his replacement. When I said JR his, agrees when with me. I when I said his replacement on the air, people didn't believe he was a real person. No, I, I know. And so, like, you can yeah, you can make there. fun I, of Eddie Jackson all you want, but the dude he runs the defense. He calls the plays in the defense. He's a big part of Sean Desai's defense. And when he's not out there, and you've got Tease Tabor trying to make plays that people don't even believe is a real person. I mean, it, come on, you can't have that. Exactly. Well, I mean, and so, but the the problem with the Yayi Jackson problem all comes back to Ryan Pace making the decisions to give him a long term. It's not his fault that he got paid. What's he supposed to to say? No, I don't want the money? 
Well, that, that's what I'm saying. He's not that type of player. He's not a game-changing player. You know, like when you have game changers in front of you and you can mm-hmm. run back some touchdowns because there's a yeah. tip ball and there's an interception, this, that, and the other, I get that. You, you are able to uh, take advantage of that situation. But when there's, there's nothing really in front of you, then it, it's no surprise to me that he's just kind of a nothing player for the Bears. Yeah, he took advantage of a situation when he had all those turnovers and any interceptions and it was great and everybody and then Ryan Pace puts him with a contract and what is he supposed to say? No, don't pay me a bunch of money? Like it's on Ryan Pace for giving him that contract. There was no need to pay him and there was no need to pay Tariq Cohen when they did, but Ryan Pace for some reason needed to pay those guys and now you're stuck with them. All right, coming up next as we preview the Bears and the Packers, uh, there's been a lot in the rumor mill this week about the next head coach for the Chicago Bears. They still have a head coach. Matt Nagy is still coaching this team. But it seems as if there's a lot happening uh, behind the scenes in searching for that next guy. Could it be Leslie Frazier? Could it be Ryan Day? Could it be Josh McDaniels? We'll break it down. Uh, We'll talk about the latest in the coaching rumors with the Chicago Bears. Coming up next, it's Black and Abdallah hosting the Points Bet pregame show live from the Points Bet Sportsbook in Crestwood right here on ESPN 1000. This is the ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show with guest host Black and Abdallah from the Points Bet Sportsbook in Crestwood. Listen to Chicago's home for sports on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2, and ESPN 1000. It's Black and Abdallah. It's the Points Bet pregame show live from the Points Bet Sportsbook in Crestwood. You can watch us on Twitch, ESPN 1000 Chicago. You can also call the show, talk Bears and Packers with us at 312-332-3776. So, Abdallah, it seems as we uh, preview this game, there is one eye on the the football game and the games that will take place for the rest of this season, but also one eye on a coaching search going forward for the Chicago Bears and also a possible search for a GM. As each day that kind of passes, we get new reports from different um, news sources suggesting that the Bears are indeed looking at different options for the end of the season, which, like, to me, it all kind of points back to the same thing, that, like, this is real, and something will probably happen by the time we get to the final week of the regular season, that final Sunday, is that Matt Nagy won't be around, and it sounds to me it is likely that Ryan Pace won't be around either. Yeah, I, th- I think that the, the more smoke the more that leads to fire, right? Like, there's a lot of smoke now. Like, there's multiple reports from multiple reporters that they are looking at different head coaches and possibly GMs to take over for Ryan Pace, whether Ryan Pace is still with the team or he's moved up or whatever it is. You know, someone has to oversee the new Arlington uh, racetrack the you know the stadium that's going to be there so whether that's him or whether that's Phillips or whoever it is but there's only four games left after tonight right so there's really no point in in the Bears firing Matt Nagy it, like they everybody wants them to the Bears have never fired a head coach midseason I don't think anything that happens in Green Bay tonight would lead them to fire Matt Nagy before the end of the season anyway plus what would it matter they're still running his offense they're still running his system so he might as well just stay until the end of the season but after that when they move on there's been a, a bunch of names you know Leslie Frazier was thrown out earlier in the week and then you know this morning from Jason Lockenfora we get reports of a possible you know connection to Ryan Day and whether or not a GM who's also happens to be Ryan Day's agent would become the GM and then also become and Ryan Day would then become the head coach of the Bears. 
Yeah, and, and you mentioned Leslie Frazier. So, so if we go back to earlier in the week uh, and we take a look at four days ago on the 8th, uh, it was Dan Graziano on ESPN.com, and it wasn't just throwing out Leslie Frazier's name. Mm-hmm. He, he writes that uh, for the Bears' job, there's a fair bit of smoke connecting Bill's defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, to the Chicago job. And then the question would be, who would he bring in as his offensive coordinator? Because he's a defensive coordinator now. He's a de- defensive guy. You yeah. need a strong offensive voice to then help Justin Fields develop. Okay, so that was on the 8th. Then we, uh, we also get on, on the 10th, uh, a couple days ago, um, a mailbag from Albert Breer. And Albert Breer, in the mailbag on Sports Illustrated's website, suggests uh, three names for the coaching job. He suggests that Sean Payton would be the, the number one guy. If they could, they could get anyone, it would be Sean Payton. Number two, it would be Ryan Day. Number three would be Josh McDaniels. And I, I think all three of those candidates people would be very excited about. Yeah. If those were the three names. I think so. So, so that's now a second place. Sports Illustrated, ESPN, that, that there is something going on. And then you mentioned the Jason Lockenfora report from today on CBS Sports about how Trace Armstrong has had discussions with the Bears uh, ownership group about a possible management position and the, the idea there would be having a, a package deal of bringing Ryan Day with him to Chicago. Now, again, Ryan Day mentioned in two of these spots. Um, I know here in this city there's a lot of people who are anti-Jason Lockenfora when they, they go to their NFL news and reporting. The, the thing about this, though, in today's report is what I think is interesting with it is stuff that is in there is also stuff that's, that's in other places. Thus, I don't think that he's just coming out of left field with a source telling him that, yeah, this Trace Armstrong thing is a possibility and that Ryan Day is a possibility. You know what I mean? Like, if he was the only one, I could see people just kind of ignoring this. But we've seen from Dan Pompey, from Brad Biggs, uh, Tom Waddle on mm-hmm. our station has, has mentioned Trace Armstrong as a, a strong uh, leader who could possibly take an NFL team over at some point. And it's something he's said on Waddle and Sylvie before. So, like, this isn't necessarily new, but it is more of what we've been hearing about behind the scenes. And I I think it's all very fascinating, and I think it all leads back to the initial idea that something is likely to happen when this season is over. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of coordinators that are going to be available. Josh McDaniels is a coordinator uh, that that his name is out there. Leslie Frazier on the defensive side of the ball, like you mentioned. And then also, you know, we're watching the the Bucs just throw it all over the Bills. Not that play right there. Not that one. Don't look Don't look at that one. That was a bad one. But uh, but Byron Leftwich is a name, too. I mean, they've got the number one overall offense, uh, according to DVOA. Like, why wouldn't you give him a look? I like the idea of either bringing in a head coach like Ryan Day or Sean. I mean, look, if you can get Sean Payton, like, that's that's the end-all, be-all right there, right? I would say second would probably be Ryan Day. And then after that, you're looking at Josh McDaniel, someone who has run a team before. Not successfully, but he knows what goes into running a team every single day. You know, Ryan Day obviously knows what goes into being a head football coach at a very prominent uh, college football team in in Ohio State, so he knows what to do. Um, The only name that I really, and we've talked about this before, is is Leslie Frazier because of who is he going to bring as his offensive coordinator. One of these great offensive coordinators isn't going to make a lateral move to become offensive coordinator of the Bears. You're probably going to get a quarterback's coach or someone else or something like that to become your offensive coordinator. So to me, if you can't get a good 
offensive coordinator who's not as good as one of these guys to be your head coach. Just bring in the guy to be your head coach. And I think that you mentioned all the reports. We're starting to see that. And judging off the names, besides Leslie Frazier, they want another offensive guy. And I believe that that should be the direction they go. I don't like this going back and forth just because something didn't work, right? I don't like the, well, Lovey Smith ran his course here. We got rid of him. We didn't offer him another contract. He was gone after winning 10 games. Then we went to the complete opposite side and went to Mark Tressman. Then the complete opposite side and went to John Fox. And then the complete opposite side and went to Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy wasn't ready to be a head coach. Simple as that. It shouldn't change the fact that you want another offensive guy. This is an offensive league now. You have what you hope to be a great quarterback in the future in Justin Fields, a franchise quarterback. You need someone to come in and show him how to play the game and instill an offense that's going to work and run an offense. I don't know if Leslie Frazier is going to be that guy. He knows how to run a team. He's been a head coach before. He's a good defensive mind. He's a super nice guy. He's a former Bear that automatically ticks a lot of boxes for people being a former Bear. But to me, with Justin Fields here and what you've spent on him, or the capital that you gave up to get him, you need an offensive mind to run this team for the future. So we, we mentioned the lock and four report. Uh, Trace Armstrong tweeted this morning after this report was out there. This is what the Trace Armstrong tweet says. I have the utmost respect for the Chicago Bears organization, the McCaskey family, and Ted Phillips. However, any assertion that I have engaged in conversations with them about joining the club in any capacity is simply not true. So that's, that's from Trace Armstrong. Now he's an agent. Yeah. He has a lot of clients. His, his, one of his clients is Matt Nagy, the current head football coach. He mm-hmm. also has Ryan Day as a client. Mm-hmm. So, so the connection from the idea from Lockenfora that he would get the job and bring in Ryan Day is fantastic, but also it's shady because his current client is the current head coach who he wouldn't want per the reports. You yes. see what I'm saying? So yeah. he releases a statement. That's, what, that's his statement as of, of right now. I, I think, looking at all of this stuff, that there's way too much smoke to this. Well, even if it's true, Trace Armstrong has to come out and say this. Yeah, right. Like you mentioned. Yeah. You know, uh, you have to say this because Matt Nagy's your client. You have to say this because Ryan Day is your client. Ryan Day is probably out recruiting, uh, you know, the next class, and, you know, signing day is coming up this week for college football. So he's out recruiting. You don't want reports that your guy is going to leave and go to the NFL when you're sitting in a kid's living room trying to recruit him to come to Ohio State for the next three to four years. So, yeah, it, it, it's in Trace's best interest to tweet that out and to make it known that that, to put out that fire. But there's still smoke there. Like, you put the fire out. There's still smoke there. And there's too many reports of this taking place for it to not have some legs, right? Which all leads to good things, I think, for Bears fans because you're getting a new organization. So a Carolina Bears fan in the Twitch chat is mentioning how when the patch uh, report came up, how Mm -hmm. uh, we were all quickly to debunk said report. But with Lock and Fora, we're, we're giving it more of a legit eye to it and i would say the difference is that nobody else had anything close to what the patch was reporting yeah where the lock and four report i've heard we've heard some of some yeah. of these items we've seen mm-hmm. it in other places right mm-hmm. brad biggs and and dan pompey they've mm-hmm. they've kind of pointed us in that Breer, direction i mean Breer this isn't has the first time it. that this has like, come up like i i don't think like the thing with the patch report and why people were so easily um dismissive of it is because nobody else in the National Football League, reporting-wise, yeah. was reporting anything close to what 
the pass reporter was suggesting took place. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference. No, absolutely. And because also, like, Jason Lockenfora, for whatever crap you want to give him, is an NFL reporter with very with a good pedigree, right? I would say. Yeah, his reporting isn't always, but this easy, is a guy easy. You're going to ruffle feathers well, in look, this town. This is a guy People that's really con- but this is a guy that, off on how he sucks. But this is a guy that's connected. Like he does a show every single day. He I, down, he's on the NFL coverage. Like he he knows what he's doing. I, I know that he's in the past. He hasn't been been right about things. But like what what recently are the examples of stuff he hasn't been right on? Like okay, he's been wrong on, on a few things. Who which reporter hasn't? Like Bob Nightingale in the MLB gets stuff wrong all the time, and yet and then now he's become the punching bag. But for the MLB of guys that haven't gotten stuff right, sure. But okay, it, it, but this is things that we've heard before. Like we've heard this from other reporters. This isn't just someone throwing something at a wall, which it seemed like the patch report was. I'm not saying he just made it up, but this comes with other people either verifying it or saying that hey, this is gonna happen. At least change is coming. Right, we know that. Yeah, change and, is coming, and I think that's what's like the, the the important takeaway is. It seems as if people at the very top within the Bears organization, they're kind of doing their due diligence now and trying to gauge interest in who wants these mm-hmm. two jobs: the GM role and then also the role to be the head coach. Yeah. And if you are a guy that wants that GM job, what's your plan of attack? The moment you move in, like, do you have a head coach ready to go? Do you have an idea for this team, what you want it to be, how you want to shape this this franchise going forward? And I, I think that, to me, is where there's no doubt anymore. Last year, there was doubt whether or not yeah. they, would, they would bring back Nagy and Pace and do all this stuff. To me, it, it is now, there's way too much out there suggesting that these guys won't be back. No, you're right, and I think that I like the idea of bringing someone who has a plan, and obviously that's easy to say, but the plan is if you bring in Trace Armstrong, he says, I'm coming with Ryan Day. If you bring in whoever, hey, I'm bringing in, uh, you know, Sean Payton has told me he's going to, you know, get out of his deal and where he's going to be available. I'm bringing Josh McDaniels in, or I'm bringing this person in. Like, I like the idea of a GM and a coach who are hired together, which is something Ryan Pace and Matt, Na- and Matt Nagy were not hired together, that know that they can work well each other w- with each other and know, hey, I need these type of players for this kind of offense, and I need this for this. And they, like, they work together. That, to me, works the best. Not, we're going to hire a GM, and that GM is going to start a search, and that search, we're going to be a part of that search, and we're going to try to figure it out together. I want two guys coming in together. I want someone to come in and say, I'm going to be your GM. Byron Leftwich has already told me he wants this job. Like, the Bears are, a, are the most, will be the most desirable job in free agency. Unless, I mean, who would you rather coach? The Bears or the Jaguars? Oh, the Bears. Okay. Yeah. Because the Jaguars' you, you, you job the might be available. Yeah, and you but... put the two quarterbacks together, it's kind of a coin flip, I would say. And so the Bears are the better organization, charter franchise. I think so. And so, but because of Justin Fields, this job is going to be desirable. And so you might get, you know, back in the past when people were doubting Mitch Trubisky and, you know, Matt Nagy just wanted a job. He might have not wanted to coach Trubisky. He might have just wanted the job. You're not going to turn down uh, NFL ho- uh, head coaching job. There's not a lot of these, unless you're Josh McDaniels and you did. Um, but 
to me, this is a desirable job where two guys are going to want to come in and work together and try to build this team around Justin Fields. It's Black and Abdal. We're talking Bears football with you at 312-332-3776. We're on until 7 o'clock previewing the Bears and the Packers live from Lambeau Field tonight on NBC. Coming up next, we talk about the Packers, one of the best teams in the NFL. How can the Bears stop them and win tonight's game? We'll talk about it, and we'll also have NFL scores from around the National Football League. It's all coming up next here on the Points Bet pregame show live from the Points Bet Sportsbook in Crestwood. You're listening to the ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show live from the Points Bet Sportsbook in Crestwood on ESPN 1000 and 100.3 HD2. Amdala here at the Points Bet Sportsbook in Crestwood, hanging out with you on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We're getting ready for Bears and Packers. Lambeau Field tonight, the oldest rivalry in the National Football League. The Packers have won 20 of the last 23 games, including the last five. Things have not gone well for the Chicago Bears. You think? But we have a quarterback now. Okay. I think. What else does it have? Well, I think, I think that's it. That's what we've got. We've got Justin Fields, and I think that's, that's all that we have at the moment. I'll tell you this, too. I don't think – it's great that Justin Fields is healthy, and he should definitely be somewhat of a factor in this game. But in order for the Bears to win this game tonight, Chris, yeah. the Packers are 27th in rushing DVOA. They can't stop the run. And David Montgomery is healthy and back. And this should be a game where he gets – 30 carries like this is a game where he should he should be getting a majority of the carries and that should be the game plan keep running the ball until they stop you and if they stop you just keep running it because they're 27th in the league for a reason and the bears aren't the best at rushing the ball they're 19th in the league in, in dvoa as far as rushing the ball goes but this is a team that you have a solid running back the offensive line has been playing better start the game running the damn football and keep running it and keep running it keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers hands keep the ball in David Montgomery's hands and if you need Justin Fields to make a play or he's got to run the ball himself with some design runs that's fine too I just don't think he needs like Justin Fields isn't going to throw for three touchdowns and win this game like that's not the recipe to beat the Packers the recipe to beat this Packers is running the ball as much as you possibly can and taking advantage of mistakes that their defense makes with your quarterback and if they can do that and Justin Fields just manages the game, and they find a way to keep it close because their first meeting this year was close until the fourth quarter. Yeah, if they can be close in the fourth quarter and you give your team a shot, that's when you can, after you've set up the run the entire game, that's when you can let Justin Fields cook a little bit. That's how you're going to beat the Packers today or at least keep it close because if you go out there and you're throwing on first down, you're throwing on second down, and you get behind behind schedule, you're throwing on third down, you turn the ball right over back to Aaron Rodgers, he's going to march it right down the field and score. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, every 30 minutes here on the uh, Points Bet pregame show, we'll give you scores from around the National Football League. Uh, Denver leads Detroit 31-10 to with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Chargers are up big on the Giants, 37-7 to with about nine minutes left in the fourth quarter of that game. The 49ers up 20-6 to on the Bengals, one minute left in the third quarter. Buccaneers up 24-10 to on the Bills, five minutes to go in the third quarter. Final scores from earlier today. Uh, Cleveland over Baltimore, 24-22. Uh, Tennessee over Jacksonville, 20 to nothing. Kansas City up 
big, and they blow out the Raiders 48-9 to earlier today. That's the final. Steelers, I mean the uh, Saints, 30-9 to over the Jets. The Cowboys, 27-20 to over Washington. Uh, Falcons, 29-21 to over the Panthers. And the Seahawks win by 20, 33-13 to over the Houston Texans earlier today. So we're keeping our eyes on the NFL scoreboard as we uh, talk about the Bears and the Packers. And, and I think basically we have yet to see a really good competitive game Today in the National Football League, we see a lot of blowouts up and down the schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, the, the closest game, Falcons-Panthers, eight-point game. I mean, outside of that, everything else is two scores or more. Well, the Ravens made it close at the end and uh, converted the onside kick to try to win that game. But then they, yeah, I'm, they I'm mad at Cleveland in that. Well, one. yeah, they couldn't uh, protect yeah. protect their quarterback at all, and so you know, and then Lamar Jackson gets hurt early in that game, so they have to go with a backup for the majority of that game. And then you look at the Cowboys game. Washington made it a game late, but their defense clamped down. You know, they they were up 24 to nothing going into halftime, and then Washington responded by scoring 20 points in the second half, made it close. And came down to you know a, a fumble uh, by Washington to turn the ball back over to the Cowboys, and they just basically ran out the clock. But other than that, you're right. A lot of blowouts today by a lot of teams that people. Hey, the Chiefs, are they done? I don't think so. No, I don't think the Chiefs are done anymore. How about the Saints? Are the Saints done? I mean, they're six and seven, but they're they're. It's the Jets, but still the Cowboys nine and four now. Uh, the Falcons six and seven. They're, they might be up, but the Seahawks five and eight. The Seahawks, the Bears do have to face the Seahawks. It's still going to be a tough game for the Bears to play uh, in, in a couple weeks here. So, yeah, a lot of blowouts today. But if you look at the spreads going into this game, kind of predicted a lot of blowouts today. No, like, it's fair. Like, like no one's kind of was like, oh, my God, I can't believe they blew that team out. Like no one, I yeah, don't think no, there are any fair. surprises today. You're fair. That's fair. There, there's a lot of... Um there's a lot of wins that like people aren't going to cover on these games, but you, it's in a way that like it's you know 49ers Bengals I think is a perfect example. A lot of people are leaning towards the 49ers. They're mm-hmm. winning by a lot more than I think people expected. Yeah, I mean they were when this line came out, they were a two point dog, and they went off as the 49ers is a two and a half point favorite. So a ton of money came in on the 49ers, and everybody that put money on them so far is right. There's a quarter left in that game. You know, when the Bills are starting to mount a little bit of a comeback, the Bucks were up 24 to three at halftime, and now it's 24 to 10. So the Bucks have the ball, so, or the Bills have the ball. I mean, so they they could do something here towards the end of the game. That's the key to all of this, and we talk about it a lot with the Bears and comparing it back to them. Is once the Bears have been out this season, it seems like they haven't been able to come back at all. Yeah. You know, once they're done, they're done. And so hopefully Justin Fields, you know, adds a little bit more firepower that uh, Andy Dalton wasn't able to, and makes this a game today against the Packers because again. A game where the spread anywhere from 11.5 to 12. Uh, and so you look at this game as another game, and we talk about it, and we've talked about it all week with Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy 0-6 this year against the spread when the spread is 7.5 or more. Can't cover, is never prepared for when he has a big spread of 7.5 or more. The spread right now is 11.5, 12. And so you look at it, if the trend is a trend until it's not anymore. It probably signals a blowout for the Packers today. Well, I, I don't even think that that's just a trend. I think it's just bad coaching. Yeah. Like, doesn't that signal to you that, like, he, he – what that tells me is that even though they have less talent, they never do anything to keep games close. Mm-hmm. And that's the major problem here is that he is not a talented enough coach to, to scheme it up, 
to get guys to be smart in game, to run the football like we started this segment talking about, to run the football with David Montgomery, mm-hmm. he should have more than 20 carries today. Like he, he should be what the, Bull, the Bears do, is they should rely on the back of David Montgomery to run the football and to kind of keep this thing close and don't expose your defense, even yeah. though you're down some of your stars on the defensive side. Well, I mean, look but at he, it, right? He's, he, he's not smart enough to do that with, within a game to, well, we to get keep him a, it like Get that. him a football outsider's account. Well, I mean, do you think he even knows what Football Outsiders is? He might be a Football Outsider after the, after a couple more weeks. Let's see what you did there, yeah. Uh, but, like, look, okay, Seahawks win 33-13. to A blowout. The Texans, bad coaching. You know, you look at the the Chiefs against the Raiders, 48-9. to The Raiders, bad coaching. The Titans beat the Jags, 20 to nothing. Urban Meyer, bad coaching. Like, all of these blowouts are because of bad coaching. You know, I would even say the Lions... Like I've seen, I've seen enough of Dan Campbell. Thirty-one to nothing against the Broncos. Bad coaching. <laughs> like, come on, this is all bad. All of these blowouts. The Giants, yeah. thirty-seven to thirteen against yeah, the Chargers. Judge, likely bad, done. Yeah. Bad coaching. Yeah, all these guys right. are probably going to lose their jobs at the end of the year, except for Dan Campbell. I mean, he just started, so maybe not. But I mean, it's all bad coaching. All these blowouts are because of bad coaching. You say the same thing, right? Look at the Jaguars. You say, oh well, the, they have just the Bears have Justin Fields. Maybe they'll make it a game. The Jaguars have a quarterback too. They lost twenty to nothing. No, I know, and and they they weren't doing. He threw four interceptions earlier yeah. today, and and they couldn't move the football at all. I mean, and I don't think anybody's team, writing off but. Trevor Lawrence after a four interception game. But you look at it, and you're like, okay, well, Urban Meyer's on the hot seat now. He's absolutely after all the reports this week and everything that's been going on. One hundred percent, he is. And and I want to talk to you about this coming up next because yesterday a story from NFL.com was released about <laughs> Urban Meyer, and it is fantastic. The amount of disdain and dislike for Urban Meyer within that building. Oh, you, if you thought leaks were bad heading into this weekend, mm-hmm. after losing 20 nothing to uh, Tennessee, it's only going to get worse from here for, for uh, Urban Meyer. We're at the uh, Points Bet Sportsbook in Crestwood hanging out, talking Bears and Packers. It's the Points Bet pregame show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Before we get back to more Bears and Packers conversation, Let's talk about Urban Meyer coming up next. It's Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. This, this, this is the ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Live from the Points Bet Sportsbook in Crestwood. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Blocking Abdal live from the Points Bet Sportsbook in Crestwood. It's the Points Bet pregame show here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. By the way, if you come on out to uh, any Chicagoland Points Bet Sportsbook location and you uh, want to gamble on tonight's Bears game, a couple of black bets for you. Ooh. How about this? The Bears defense will record an interceptions plus 400. Oof. A little, little black bet there for you. All and, right. Yeah, you want to do that? How about How about this one? The Bears defense will return an interception for a touchdown plus sixteen hundred. Hundred dollar max bet available until seven twenty kickoff okay. for tonight's game. All right. So get out to a uh, points bet sports book in the Chicagoland area. We're here at Crestwood until seven o'clock. Get that black boost. Yeah, a couple black bets. How about that? Pretty I like, good. I like those. Pretty I good, like right? Those. Uh let's talk about Urban Meyer. Uh yesterday Tom Pelissero had a, a report. Uh, about Urban Meyer and his coaching staff and about how there's interactions uh, at the start of the season where Urban uh, wanted to tell his coaching staff that he was a winner 
and that everyone that he hired to be on his staff, losers. they were all losers. Losers. This is on tel- uh, Tom Pelissero's report from yesterday, NFL.com, that Urban told his coaching staff, they're all losers, he was a winner, and they needed to tell him why they deserved a job on his coaching staff. Why? Let, let me also add, uh, Tennessee beat Jacksonville today 20 nothing. Losers. I think they've scored seven points in the last two weeks combined. So uh, not going well for the team that had the number one pick in the draft and went with Trevor Lawrence. You'd think that he'd be the savior of the franchise. You bring in Urban Meyer, who is this big you know, ego uh, type of guy who's supposed to come in and was waiting for the right opportunity and the right job and took this job as the right opportunity and the right job. And then you look at what was said after the game because he was asked about this report because, you know, he wasn't able to meet the media or say anything about it beforehand. And after losers, after a report about those losers, he was asked, how do you fix the team? And he says, what's the answer? Start leaking information or some nonsense? That's garbage. If there is a source, that source is unemployed. I mean, within seconds. <laughs> he's out at the end of the year, man. Wow. There's no way. There's no way. You know, he's become completely unhinged. And and what I think is kind of crazy about Urban Meyer and his track record, especially in what's going on in Jacksonville, is like in college football, he is the very best. If you need one coach for one game, Urban Meyer's the guy. Mm-hmm. He cannot handle the adversity of the National Football League, though. Like, no. like it's not even through halfway through the first season he has a scandal, right? And yeah. then, and then at this point, clearly people are leaking stuff because the guy's a jerk, mm-hmm. and and they don't want to work for him anymore. And you see it today as they get blown out by Tennessee, you know, and you see uh, the the clips going around on social media now, Mike Vrabel and the the handshake at, at midfield after the game, and and Urban really just gives no no nothing to it, and well, he just looks like a dead man walking right now. He's not a good loser, right? He hasn't lost very much. No, he and hasn't. he's not a good loser when it does happen. So you, that I feel like that was the biggest criticism of him coming in is that what's going to happen when this team loses twelve games this year? Because just because you have the number one pick and a few high picks doesn't mean you're going to totally revamp the franchise in a year. Like it's going to be a problem for a couple of years, and you wonder if he was going to be able to handle a rebuild. And all this, I feel like if it was just one scandal. Like, a team can deal with one scandal, right? Sure, yeah. Like, the whole thing about him at the bar with, uh, I, think the, I think the girl dropped something, and she was trying to pick it up. She? and She and was yeah. looking with a contact yeah. lens. Uh, yeah, she was looking for the she was, lens. She was looking and, for a yeah, contact uh-huh. lens yeah. on the ground. Yeah. Is that how you do yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just and helping her out. He, he was just trying to point to the direction, the right, right place on the floor where, where she was standing exactly. in front of him, right? And so, to me, yeah. you have one thing, that's not a problem. You have one leak. One and then thing, you say this, not a problem. that's I, not a problem. I think it was a problem probably with his wife. Well, yeah, I, listen, I, his wife isn't coaching the team. That's true. Um, so, but then you have all of these things <laughs> that kind of build up. He liked that. Then uh, you have all these things that kind of build up on top of each other. Yeah. And for eventually, now that you're starting to hear that the guys in the locker room don't respect him, no. that's when you lose it. Well, that's yeah. when you lose it. I was on with uh, with with our, our teammates up at WTMJ and earlier before we started the show. Brian D. Brian D. I like Brian D. And they asked me, "Would you fire Matt Nagy after this game?" And I said, "Well, no. Like, what's the point? There's no point in firing him. One, he's running the same play. Like, you're still going to run his offense. You're not instilling a new offense the second he's out there. And second of all, he hasn't lost the team. The guys still respect him." Yeah. 
No, they do. You saw you saw disrespect when they got rid of when they got rid of Tressman. That that team walked all over Mark Tressman. They didn't they didn't disrespect John Fox, even though they were really bad. And this team still it still respects. He hasn't lost the locker room. You know, we'll talk to Dion Miller a little bit later on, and we brought it up to her. Has he and he hasn't lost the locker room? They still respect Matt Nagy. They still like him as a person. And as long as you have that. You're not going to fire a dude in the middle of the year. This guy's lost the team. <laughs> He's lost the front office. He's lost his coaching staff. Like, this guy's got to go. Uh, you know, uh, let's play a quick game, uh, something or nothing. Tell okay. me if this is something, something or something. Or something nothing. or nothing, okay? Something. I saw this when the Bears, the Bears sent this out the other day, the media schedule for the rest of the week and Monday. Yeah. Okay. Each week, what time does Matt Nagy usually meet the media on Mondays following a game on Sunday? Scheduled or when he actually Scheduled. shows up? Scheduled. Scheduled is 10 a.m. 10 a.m. JR knows. JR is here. I said JR knows. 10 o'clock. <laughs> Did you see what time Matt Nagy is scheduled to meet to the media tomorrow? 12.15. 12.15. Yes. Is that something or is that nothing? It's nothing. Okay, all right. I will tell I, you what. It's nothing, right. it's nothing for right, two good, reasons. Good. One, there's no point in making the media sit there for an hour if dude's going to be an hour late. All right? That's just disrespectful. No, I'm these just, guys, I'm just saying. Guys, Dan Weeder's got things to do. I'm just saying, you get blown out tonight in Green Bay, you never know. Okay, No, I do know. They're not fired. They've never done what, it. What if they they've, leave them at the broad stop? They've, nope. The broad stop doesn't deserve that name. <laughs> well, I, I think, what if they just... They say, hey, Matt, they, we're going to go he in and get something to eat. He doesn't deserve to step foot into the brat stop. Hey, Matt, go into no the brat stop, get us some curds. So when we when we head back down to Chicago, and then he comes walking out no of the brat stop. He's got a bag of nope. curds, no of curds. cheese curds. No brats, no and, curds. And the buses are gone. Nope. No. They probably nope. fly, right? Or do they, they bus up there? No, they fly up there. Oh, they I told them they to take a bus. There. You know how long that drive is, man? That's a long drive. <laughs> That is a long drive. But, no, it's nothing because, one, it's a Sunday night game. Let the dude sleep in. I mean, does next week even matter if they lose? <laughs> let, let, let the people sleep a little bit. And also, again, there's no – I've been joking all year that the dude operates on mountain time. He tells everybody 10. He doesn't show up till 11. Like, he's telling people 10 mountain time. Like, this isn't – All right, good. I'm, I'm glad it's nothing. It's nothing. I'm it's glad nothing. something. I had to ask. It's nothing. I saw it. It's I, nothing. I see these things, and I had to ask you because I if love a good If it's something, our theory. job for the rest of the year is easy because we're just they fired him, and then you know people will be happy. Well, well, again, and back to the conversation we've had earlier this hour as we preview the Bears and the Packers is like we, from all indications, it seems as if the Bears are doing what needs to be done behind the scenes right now to make that move the moment the season ends. Yeah, and that's why you get those reports. But, again, I don't think they're doing anything midseason. It's just not how they operate. And it wouldn't matter if they did. It's Black and Abdal. We're previewing the Bears and the Packers Sunday night football. We're live at the Points Bet Sportsbook in Crestwood. Coming up in two minutes, we'll continue to preview uh, this Bears and Packers game, and we'll get you the latest scores from around the National Football League. It's a Points Bet pregame show right here on ESPN 1000.